This is the WFG National Title Insider Report, your weekly download on the market, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending to keep you informed and ahead of the market. In this timely episode, Executive Vice President for Agency Development, Chuck Kane offers an update as the coronavirus impacts the real estate market and settlement services across the nation. Chuck, thanks for joining us. Obviously, uncertain times right now. And uh, let's talk about that in the industry here that is swamped with refinance requests. What steps should title and settlement agents take to safeguard themselves during this time? Thanks, Brandon. Yes, it uh, it certainly is uh, a dramatic time at this point because we do have all these refinances literally flooding our industry. We see uh, loan productivity being at, as much as twice as high in certain marketplaces as it was uh, only 90 to 120 days ago. And uh, so that presents a lot of challenges even uh, in certain times. But with the coronavirus issue that we have now, the first thing which every title and settlement agent needs to do is safeguard themselves and their staff. Whatever federal, state, local government and health uh, authorities are advising, that is what should be the very least that anybody does in regard to safeguarding their offices and their personnel. And of course, there's been a move on to try to have people in all types of industry to work from home. That doesn't always work in our industry for a variety of reasons. Sometimes uh, settlement and title agents may not have that type of technology to allow their people to work from home. Likewise, there is a certain collegiality that does lead to productivity in uh, a lot of title and settlement offices. And uh, Likewise, and I've heard this from uh, managers that, well, I've got a lot of employees that if I sent them home to work, they would work very diligently. Others, they sort of need a manager nearby to keep their uh, eye on the ball. So these are all real challenges that um, the title and settlement industry has. I think one thing which may be an opportunity in some locales is that Uh, And this has been questioned here in the last couple of weeks to the extent, well, in areas where remote online notarization can be done, is that uh, something that's going to suddenly catch fire in light of uh, the coronavirus issue? Uh, I don't know if it'll catch fire, but I think if one has the capability of doing raw transactions, both from the standpoint of enabling legislation and rulemaking in your jurisdiction, uh, also in accordance with what your underwriter's requirements are, also in regard to the capabilities of both uh, local uh, recording authorities and uh, the lenders that you may be working with. So again, all the stars have to be in alignment for a raw transaction, but if it is something available, I think this is a very good time to reach out to lenders and say, look, it does a number of things. We don't have to bring people out into public. And um, likewise, it will be able to uh, help us be more efficient in getting transactions done because we're not going to be sending notaries all over uh, hither and yon. We're not going to be sending our staff hither and yon. We can do all these things remotely. So I think there is an opportunity at this point that, uh, again, if you're in some place where Ron is available, for that matter, uh, even electronic closing 
can be very helpful in regard to this. But if you can do a Ron transaction and everyone is in line with it, then it's a chance to have that conversation and maybe seriously explore it, especially for refinances, which are simpler transactions to do with Ron, because you're only dealing with one set of parties. You're not dealing with uh, buyers and sellers. But uh, safeguarding themselves is the first thing that uh, every title and settlement agent needs to do and their staff and uh, and any customers that may be coming to visit them. Yeah, Chuck, you talk about that. Uh, you, you know, the the title agents that we work with, this is a retail environment and the people that work in that environment are used to the structure. So this is not, you know, any of us who've been self-employed, let's admit that Working from home is a huge distraction until you are able to master that, okay? So, you know, it's not really even an option for independent title agents around the country to say, okay, yeah, work from home. I mean, maybe for a small portion of people, but, uh, you know, you got to have people in the office. I mean, you've got to take steps, I guess, to maybe segregate your office to a certain extent. Uh, certainly from a sanitation and a disinfecting standpoint, you got to take steps to do that because you will have the public coming into your office. So you have to communicate that, I would think, to uh, the customers who are, are coming to your office, right? Absolutely. And, and, and you know, and something which we've done at WFG and I think uh, some of other underwriters and other businesses certainly have done is that, um, and we have posters for it, that we have at this point a no handshaking policy that people greet each other without touching because uh, as we have come to believe from health authorities, it is through physical contact that this virus is most easily uh, communicated. And again, if uh, uh, you're renting space, what's your landlord doing in regard to disinfecting things at night? If I had office space, if I walked in in the morning and I couldn't smell the Clorox, I wouldn't be real happy with my cleaning service Yeah, because surfaces do need to be wiped down. And, and something, too, which we have seen just in this last week, and it has been really part of any good compliance package that any title agent has, but a policy and procedure in regard to epidemic and pandemics as to what is it you're doing and have a stated policy and procedure, because what we at WFG were hit with last week, and I'm sure many title agents, in fact, some I spoke with at Alta Springboard said this, and other underwriters, is that the lenders have reached out and said, okay, you're uh, working with our customers and our customers are coming to your offices. What are your policies and procedures? Lest we send our customer in harm's way to your office because you're not doing all that needs to be done. So we're seeing lenders, and in very short order, they want to have these uh, P&Ps back in a matter of uh, as quickly as 72 hours. Uh, in their hands, or else it may be that those lenders may say, as busy as we are, as much as we need all this help, we're not sure your office is clean. So we're not going to let our customers come there. You may have to send people to our offices, whatever the uh, alternative may be. But we are seeing lenders step up in a very big way. And the largest national lenders uh, all last week sent those inquiries out, and they wanted answers right now. So if you don't have a stated policy and procedure as a title or settlement agent, you need to immediately after listening to this podcast, if you haven't done it already, is uh, turn to your office staff and say, okay, we're going to have a policy and procedure. Let's walk through this, including the fact of what do we do if it turns out that one of our office staff or one of the members of their family 
test positive for the coronavirus, what do we do? Whatever those policies and procedures are, you need to have those in place so that when your lender turns to you and says, what about my customer, that you've got an answer there because uh, they'll remember, even if they may be in a hard spot right now because of the volume of business that they need to get processed through, they'll remember whether or not you had that in place. 90, 120 days, six months from now, whenever we get at the end of this tunnel, they're going to remember whether you had that policy and procedure in place for uh, these dramatic circumstances. Now, Chuck, one option would be, you know, the remote notary on location. But I mean, even that's going to be a case by case basis, depending on the customer, their comfort level with a stranger, effectively a notary coming out to them at their home or I guess maybe their place of business. And even that, you know, could be uh, an issue, right? There's no question. And certainly if one uses mobile notary services, a fourth party compliance is a big issue. It's been a big issue and getting a bigger, becoming a bigger issue, especially with the larger lenders. And if you're using a notary service, what are their policies and procedures? What do they do in regard to safeguarding themselves and safeguarding the public that they come in contact with who are your public? So you need to know what uh, they are doing. And you uh, likewise need to have that in writing from them so that you can verify. And again, to those uh, lenders who are going to ask those questions, you can verify what are they doing. Good insight, Chuck. Now, the real estate market, when we talk about that, generally speaking, we're talking about purchases, sales. We include refinances in that as well for the purpose of this conversation. So uh, when I say this, you know, the real estate market obviously will be severely impacted by this virus, particularly when it comes to buying and selling homes. Uh, that's probably another conversation. So the industry as a whole, I'm sure very thankful that as a part of this issue, uh, mortgage interest rates are at or near all-time lows. So that's really a blessing for the industry here. How long do you think this runway is here with these rates as low as they are? Well, I think that uh, we're certainly in for a long term in long term in real estate. A quarter is about as much as one probably can reasonably prognosticate forward. But we're going to be in a, in a very heavy refinance market for some time. And there's going to be backlog likewise that uh, people uh, will be looking to refinance. One thing which uh, have begun to hear from uh, the wholesale market, though, and the warehouse lenders is they're about reaching their maximum. And part of that is because of, especially those that are commercial banks, they have liquidity requirements under the bank rules that were put into effect after the 2008 meltdown. And so they begin to reach a point where they aren't going to be able to fund the number of loans that may be coming in the door. And what we have heard is that in regard to refinances, now many of them are taking exception to residential purchase or commercial transactions, but as to residential refinances, they may start to cap out as to how many transactions they're going to allow an originating lender or if they are the lender themselves to do. This last week, we've seen some major 
uh, refinance houses in particular, particularly some of the non-bank mortgage lenders, sending out emails that uh, if you are interested in refinancing, you have to make, and the word that I have seen repeatedly is reservation with a loan officer to sit down with them. And quite often those reservations are a week or 10 days out before you're going to even be able to see somebody. So there's a, there's a natural cap just because of capacity in the industry. I think we will see, you know, at least, and of course, you know, each day as uh, you and I have discussed seems to bring a dramatic change of events about everything. But as of today, March 13th, that um, I think we'll start to see a cap off uh, in regard to this surge in uh, refinancing. Again, because those warehouse banks and those wholesale uh, lenders are going to say, no mas, we can only do so much. But it will still stay at a very, very high level. And we've got enough built into the system right now. If there was no additional refinance activity, we'd probably be busy through the end of May just doing refinances. Purchase transactions, the struggle that many lenders will have is that unless they are managing well, they do need to break out those purchase transactions so those don't get caught in a jammed pipeline full of refinance transactions. Because if they're telling people it's going to be 45 to 60 days before we can refinance you, if you're in a contract and you have 30 days to close in regard to a house, 45 to 60 days doesn't help. And so lenders need to manage through that, and many of them are beginning to do that. Again, they are breaking out those uh, residential buy-sell transactions from refinance transactions uh, in their processing to be sure that they are able to provide the services that are needed for those real estate customers. We still, though, on the other hand, have a real shortage of housing stock for sale. The the rolling averages through many marketplaces is that there is anywhere from a 30 to 45 day inventory, which means there virtually is no inventory. And so we're not seeing a strong inventory of houses for sale. That may be somewhat of a little bit of a blessing in this short run, but um, it's going to be a problem that we need to get these uh, these houses up. And the builders certainly have taken major hits in this uh, stock market uh, fall off. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly they can return to the marketplace and start building houses because their stocks have taken such big hits. So it's going to be a very interesting spring. Um, and, uh, but again, uh, for our industry refinances, we will still certainly stay busy for refinances, but I think we will start to see a bit of a cap off in regard to the market uh, for refinances. I don't think it's just going to continue to explode and explode and explode because the lending industry itself is, uh, just about reached tilt. Okay. Chuck, as we tape this podcast in mid-March for release now. Of course, we'll have people downloading this for many weeks to come. So I want to remind them we are taping this March 13th for release, uh, March 15th, 16th range. So a lot can change if you're listening to this. But um, that said, I don't think any of us on January 5, 6, 7, when people are rolling back from the holidays, nobody could have predicted this, even with what was happening in China at that time. Uh, there's certainly that that's ancient history for us now. Right. So as we reassess where we're at now in light of these world changing events, right, that have happened in the past couple mm-hmm. of weeks here. I know this is a tough question, but maybe talk about 
overall the housing market, where it goes in light of these events. Uh, I know that the you know the magnitude of this, the duration of this will have a major impact on this answer. So let's assume that everyone takes this seriously. We shut this down. We're able to get it under control. Let's just say you and I talked off the record maybe by the end of May, early June. Assuming that's the case, what's the scenario for the housing market in the second half of the year? Well, um, a very interesting question because, uh, again, there's an awful lot of things moving in, in strange directions. On uh, Thursday, the 12th of March, you know, we saw uh, instead of uh, the bond rates began to work in the opposite direction as we began to see um, sale of bonds by major corporations. We have a tremendous amount of corporate debt in the United States and historic level of corporate debt. Where that goes and how long this lasts as far as this uh, stock freefall and equities freefall, that will have a lot to do with uh, what the second half of the year looks like. Americans certainly think we'll begin to see that um, we'll see a lot of concern and not the confidence levels that a lot of Americans have had, especially since we have a lot of layoffs, even if they're temporary and temporary furloughs here in the next um, 90 days from a lot of different industries whether they're technology or travel-related or finance, we're going to see a lot of people get laid off. So will we have a recession? Well, technically, I think we have one. I don't know that we all feel like we have one at this point. But um, from that standpoint, uh, it could be a slower second half of year, certainly, than what we thought, only from the standpoint that uh, consumers will have taken a big hit and uh, they may not be as ready to buy homes. I think refinancing, as long as rates stay low, people will continue to refinance. The one thing which I have found just in my career is that generally when we run long months of heavy refinancing and people get incredibly attractive rates, right now rates can be gotten for under 3% uh, on mortgage rates, is we have a slowing of uh, home purchasing and home sales Again, listings not coming up because people think maybe I do want to move. Maybe I do want to get a bigger house. But on the other hand, I sure am loving this two and seven eighths mortgage rate that I've got. And so people will quite often hang on to their homes months longer than they might otherwise just because they've got a very attractive rate. So all that coming into play, I think we're going to see a slower second half than what was predicted. We thought we'd have a very robust second half in the industry. Uh, but uh, uh, there is so much that can happen uh, in the uh, next few weeks as to uh, how this moves forward. Certainly, we hope it moves forward very quickly, that uh, solutions are found in regard to this uh, pandemic issue. But uh, I think we're going to see a slower second half of year than certainly what was predicted even a matter of six weeks ago, just because we have uh, a lot of things already sort of baked into the cake that would uh, tend to lead us to, to believe that there will be a slowing in buy-sell activity in the second half. Yeah, I appreciate your insight, because to be fair to you, I say January was ancient history, and obviously June is like 
light years ahead to try and even predict that at this point when things are changing on a daily basis. But, you know, to wrap this up, the one thing that I know we'll all feel the biggest impact from is, you know, even with all the technology and the advances in the real estate industry over the past decade or so, this is still a people business, whether you're going to events in faraway places or around the corner at the coffee shop or wherever it may be, this is a people business and we need that and we are certainly going to miss that and we need to stay connected and we all need to help each other. Absolutely. Because, you know, among other things is, you know, the, the traditional open house. Yeah. That may go away for a while. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that enter into it because, yes, it is very much a people business. And uh, because we're talking about people's homes in the residential scheme, there's nothing more personal than your home, whether it's your existing home or the home you're looking to buy or the home you're looking to sell. And so, yes, it's uh, it's going to have a psychological effect for some time as well as a financial effect. Thanks to Chuck Kane, WFG's executive vice president for agency development, for joining us on the Insider Report. You can count on WFG and our reps to be a resource during these challenging times. Visit WFGAgent.com to learn more about our Blocks program designed to help agents reduce operating costs. And the WFG Insider Podcast Library offers expertise from our leaders and top title agents across the country. Thank you for partnering with WFG.